0: Well, how many of you can identify with that type of Christmas? <laughs> uh, tonight, if you have your Bibles, I'd like you to turn with me to the, the book of Luke. Tonight, we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20, and uh, I think that all of us can identify with that in some way. Tonight concludes our series entitled, The Difference a Child Can Make. <laughs> and uh, two weeks ago, we spoke about the difference that the baby Jesus made uh, in the life of Joseph, last week we spoke about the difference that the Lord Jesus Christ uh, as a newborn infant made in the life of Mary. And tonight I want to speak to you about the difference that Jesus can make in the world. So many people, that's what Christmas is about. You, You know, friends, for many of us, Christmas is a joyful, excited, expectant holiday But you know there are many people that the holidays are the worst time of the year. And I don't know which one you are tonight. But I just want to tell you something. Because God gave his son Jesus Christ, uh, this can be the best time of the year regardless of what you're going through. Because God in his infinite love and grace uh, and desire to know you and desire to bless you gave his one and only son. And tonight we're going to talk about... difference that a child can make. Now I want to ask you to uh, please pray for Kelly and I. First of all, you know what I'm doing Thursday night? I appreciate your prayers. I got a call this week. Uh, I am praying at the beginning and praying at the end of the Police Academy graduation. (laughs) And so I'm doing that this uh, Friday night. Uh, I'll be going over there and uh, uh, praying with the recruits. And then uh, next Monday to Friday, we won't be missing a Sunday service uh, Kelly and I are going on a missions trip to the Bahamas. <laughs> uh, Norwegian crew line, cruise lines contacted me and they need a cruise pastor for a cruise and wanted to pay Kelly and way so we will sacrifice for Jesus. And Monday through Friday, we'll be on the Norwegian sky. And seriously, there's a heart attack. I'm going to preach the gospel every single day on that cruise. And so uh, I believe in God. I believe in God that there's going to be people come to the Bahamas and get saved and have no idea what happened. So uh, I just appreciate your prayers. If you have your Bible tonight, turn with me to Luke chapter 2 tonight. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20. And I want you to hear what the Word of God has to say the Bible says, and there were shepherds living out in their fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. Boy, isn't that the truth. Yeah, Hallelujah. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with an angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. And when the angel had left, treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart finally our last verse the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told tonight I want to speak to you about the difference a child can make would you pray with me Lord Thank you so much for your grace and for your mercy. God, I ask you in the name of Jesus, Lord, tonight would you help each one of us to allow your son Jesus to change us tonight. Father, I just thank you for your word that can't be contained. It is so powerful. God, tonight I just pray that you'd speak to us. And Father, I ask you to let your power flow into every life that is here tonight. God, I just thank you for your grace, uh, your mercy, and your power. Thank you that my sins are forgiven. And God, we just ask you to speak in the name of Jesus and help us to hear. Amen. Amen. Tonight I want to speak to you about the difference a child can make. Now I want to tell you one last thing, then we're going to get right into the Word here tonight. I want to encourage you, starting the first Wednesday in January, I believe that God might have given me the best sermon series I've ever preached. We're going to be looking for the first eight weeks of January and February. It's going to be entitled, The Road Signs of Life. You know in every life, uh, God gives road signs. But not everybody pays attention to the signs. And we're gonna talk about that starting in January. Tonight we're gonna conclude our series, The Difference a Child Can Make. And I wanna give you five truths about the difference that the baby Jesus can make today in this crazy world that we live in. Let's look at number one. The Bible says, in verse number 10, it says, I bring you good news. Number one, the shepherds. First, this group is what we're gonna look at. The shepherds heard the good news. Now, have you ever been around people that all they have to tell you about is bad news? You ever been around people like that? (laughs) You're scared to ask them what's going on because what's going to come out? Bad news. You're scared to ask them how their day is going to be. What's going to happen? Complaining. Whining. Look at your neighbor and say, don't whine. Say, I mean it. I'm telling you, there is nothing that can drag people down like Whining. Oh, man, well, here's the very first part, is that the shepherds heard the good news. Let's look, I'll give you a couple truths here. First of all, they heard about a Christ or a Messiah. Look at verse 10. I bring you good news that will be for all people. Oh, I tell you, praise God, that's great news. You know what, if Frank comes up to me and says, Barry, I won the lottery, that's not good news to me. That's good news to him and his family. If Tracy comes up to me and he won a brand new Harley Davidson, that's not good news to me. That's good news to him. But what I love about the gift of Jesus, uh, that's good news uh, for all people. Red, yellow, black, and white, uh, that is good news for all people. And here are these shepherds going about their business, but they're invaded by the good news of God. I don't know about you. I want God's good news to just invade my life, Man, I just want to tell you something, 2010 can be the best year of your life. It can be the best year of your marriage, the best year of your finances, if you'll let Jesus in. And you know what? Sometimes you know what group of people has the hardest time letting Jesus in? Christians. But we'll save that for a little bit later. Okay, so here's the very first one. It's that the shepherds, they heard the good news. I don't know about you, I love to hear good news. I just love it when something great happens. Anybody remember what September 2nd, 1945, why is that date significant? September 2nd, 1945, World War II came to an end. When that day happened, September 2nd, 1945, millions of Americans piled into the street. There was dancing. There was fireworks. There was unbelievable joy and celebration. Why? Because the war was over. Friends, can I tell you something? When God sent the Lord Jesus Christ into this world, the war for eternal life was over. Death, hell, and the grave, Jesus Christ defeated. If Jesus can get crucified, can be buried, and rise from the grave, then that tells me and you anything is possible in our lives, if he can do that. And today, there's good news. Let me give you one last thought on this uh, main point. And it's very simply this, that they started a journey. Look at verse 15. The shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem. Do you know that God wants to start you on a journey? I'm telling you, I, you know what I love about God is that if I give my life to God, he'll do some wonderful, unbelievable things with Barry Young's life. I never thought that I would have a cruise ministry. Man, I'm telling you, a cruise ministry, if I could get free Harley Davidsons and do a motorcycle ministry, that'd be, the, I couldn't even imagine that. Only thing to make that better. Can I tell you something? God has a journey for you. He's got a journey for you. Let me give you number two. Okay, so the difference a child can make. Let's look at number two. First of all, the shepherds. Now let's look at a second group. Look at verse 14. Here's what the word says. Glory to God in the highest is what the angels declared. Number two, the angelic hosts, they appeared. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, the birth of Jesus changed the shepherds. And I'm telling you, the birth of Jesus moved the angels. Oh, they began to say, glory to God in the highest. Friends, I'm gonna tell you, there is power when we just begin to worship God. The Lord was worshiped. This is the main, one of the thoughts here. The Lord was worshiped in front of others. All of a sudden, at the birth of Jesus, immediately he begins to be worshiped. Can I tell you, there's powerful, powerful changes that will take place when we're not afraid to worship God. I'll never forget, it was May of 1999. John Leach, you were probably in middle school. And I was gonna be the athletic sports director of our youth camp. So I had driven my GMC pickup truck to Accessor Springs, Missouri, the district headquarters, and I had a meeting. Uh, The next week was our youth camp, and I was gonna be over all the activities, and I was coming back, driving 60 to 65 miles an hour, Kenneth, going straight down 152, and all of a sudden, as I'm going 60, 65 miles an hour, a car pulls out right in front of me. And if I would've hit that car... I would have killed that man instantly. The only, different, the only thing keeping a 65 mile an hour Chevy pickup truck from him would have been his door. So immediately I swerved the car but now I'm coming against oncoming traffic, both of us at 65 miles an hour. I come back, my truck flips, lands upside down. All the windows explode in on me. It starts, once it gets done spinning, I'm upside down. I hit the seatbelt, and then my head clunks. I crawl out the back, and all I had was scratches on this left arm. Soon as I got out of that truck, uh, I began to praise God. Uh, I just raised my hands and began to shout unto God uh, because I know that it wasn't a GMC pickup truck that saved me from death. Uh, It was the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, And can I tell you something, when God's with you, I don't care who's against you. Well, guess what policeman showed up? My debate partner from high school, (laughs) Sean Emerson. And guess who got in severe trouble with the law? The man who caused that accident. Can I tell you something? When you worship God, there's power. I'm telling you, I just want to encourage you, I don't care. Not only do we have a phenomenally anointed music pastor, but regardless of what songs that worship team leads, we should be worshiping God. I'm telling you, if you've got to have a certain song or a certain style, you're not worshiping Jesus, you're worshiping music. Don't shut me down, I'm preaching good. Let me give you one more thought on this here. Can I give you this one thought is that the Lord was promoting peace? Can I tell you what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 5? Blessed are the peacemakers. Friends, can I tell you something? God sent Jesus. Not so much to bring peace to this world, but peace to our hearts. Regardless of what's going on in this world, we can have peace. Regardless of what's going on in our government, regardless of what's going on in our finances, God, he wants us to have peace. But I'll tell you something right now, you can write this down, you can't have peace and not worship God. Worshiping God and peace, they go hand in hand. Giving God praise and being able to sleep at night, they go together. Let me give you the third truth tonight. So, first of all, we have the shepherds being changed by the baby Jesus. Secondly, we have the angels. Let's look at number three. Look at verse 17 and 18 in the Word of God. Here's what the Bible says. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about them, about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Number three, the crowds. I'm telling you, Jesus' birth changed the shepherds. Jesus' birth changed the angels. And Jesus' birth changed the crowds. Can I tell you something? There will always be people who gather if God shows up. Do you know that? When somebody's life is really changed by God, people are gonna show up to see what's going on. The last Sunday of this month, we have one of the greatest evangelists I've ever heard, ever. His name's Dean Neferatus. He's gonna speak Sunday morning and Sunday night. And, and, and I'm telling you, if somebody comes out of a wheelchair at Crown Point Church, We're not gonna have to put anything in the paper. We're gonna have a full house next week. If somebody comes here that weekend and they're just filled with cancer and God supernaturally heals them, we're not gonna have to promote anything on the radio. Friends, I just wanna encourage you. When God shows up, he's gonna draw a crowd. The whole key is we've gotta invite him to let him show up in our lives. (laughs) Because here's what happens in many Christians' lives. Yes, if God shows up, a crowd will be drawn, but many Christians, they don't have time for the Lord. I'm gonna get in your seat tonight. Many Christians, they've got time for a song, for a story, and for a a, a short antidote. But, friends, can I tell you something? God, He wants to be with us. God, He wants our time. He gave His Son Jesus so that He could be intimately a part of our lives. You know what? I'm not on fire for God because I'm a pastor. I'm on fire for God because January 1st, 1990, the Lord Jesus Christ saved my life and turned it around. I'm on fire for God because God saved my dad and broke the alcoholic chain in our family. I'm on fire for God because I've seen God supernaturally touch and heal people's lives. And he draws the crowd. Let me give you a couple truths here. Well, first of all, the message was broadcast. Oh, man. Do you know that there's a message going on about you at your work? If you're a Christian and you're not living the talk, guess what? I guarantee there's a message, but it's not the one you want. Amen by myself. Oh, I'm telling you right now, if you've got two ways of living, there's people talking about you right now, but you don't want to be privy to that conversation. But I'll tell you what. When you follow God, and when you say, God, change me. Because you know what happens many times to Christians? Is they come to church, and they hear the gospel, but they don't change the way they treat their wives. They don't change the way they treat their children. They don't change the way they go to work. I don't know if you remember Paul Robinson. He spoke here three weeks ago. He is a missionary to Columbia. He used to be a full-time police officer at the police department I'm a chaplain at. You know what that brother did? He lived the gospel. If you go in, I've been inside that police department and gone up to the bulletin boards, and you know what's on those police bulletin boards. uh, Most wanted people, some policeman selling a gun or a car, and guess what police officers put up on that board? Paul Robinson's missionary letter. I don't put it up there. You know why? Because he lived a different life. Proverbs 22.1 says, and I want you to get this, a good name is worth more than silver or gold. If you want to be blessed, uh, have a good name. A good name is worth more than silver or gold. The message was broadcast. The message was broadcast April 18th, 1775. Was the day that Paul Revere was forever etched in the history of the United States of America. What did he yell? The British are. It was a message that changed people's lives. And it's a message subsequently that is taught throughout our history books. Can I tell you something? The message of Jesus Christ changes lives today. Except it's an eternal message. Let me give you one last truth on this main point. Number three uh, is that the message was amazing. Verse 18 says, and all who heard it, uh, they were amazed. Can I tell you something? It's amazing for a God to say, I can heal your body no matter what anybody says. That's amazing. It's amazing for a God to say, no matter what's taking place in your marriage, 1 Peter 4, 8, love covers over a multitude of sins. That's amazing. It's amazing that God says anything you've been addicted to, drugs, alcohol, pornography, I can pick you up, turn you around, and you can be a brand new creation. That's amazing. It's amazing that God can take our worst failures Make them our greatest blessing. It's amazing. And it's all because of the birth of Jesus. Let me give you the fourth fact tonight. So we see how the shepherds were changed, we see how the angelic hosts were changed, we see how the crowds were changed. Oh, let me give you number four. Oh, I love this one. Woo, I love this one. Number four, we can look at how the rulers of this world were changed. Let's look at what the word says here. Verse Matthew 2, verse 13 says this. An angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph, Jesus' father, in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. Can I give you the truth here tonight? Here's what the truth is. As long as men and women are alive, There will be rulers that are against the gospel of the Lord Jesus. You don't need to say amen, because I know that's the truth. As long as we're alive, no matter how powerful the church of God becomes, there will always be men and women who have power in this world that are against the gospel. But do you know what? As long as we're alive, there are men and women that are always going to be in power that are gonna be for the gospel. I would just encourage you, I wish I'd have brought it to my office. When you hear the presidents of the United States of America in the founding of our country, when you hear our Supreme Court justices in the founding of our country, when you hear our congressmen, our senators and our governors, you learn that this nation was built on this right here. Can I tell you something today? You know, it gets me excited about this one thing, that earthly rulers uh, are changed by the Jesus, is because, you know what, I'm not Republican or Democrat, I'm a child of God, hallelujah. You know what, the, 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 I'm not a part of a party, I'm part of a kingdom, and the ruler of my kingdom can't get voted out. The ruler of my kingdom can't get impeached, uh, and whether it's popular or not, uh, he's still in charge, hallelujah. Well, I'm preaching better than you amen Amen,ing time, that's okay, I want to tell you something tonight, that Jesus changes even earthly rulers. Let me give you a couple thoughts on that. First of all, it is good for Christians to be a part of politics. What do I mean? Every Christian should vote. We are blessed in the United States of America to have freedom. We can, listen to me, this is the greatest country in the world. God bless President Obama. God bless Vice President Biden. God bless our leaders. We're blessed. I'm telling you, the vast majority of nations in the world, I couldn't have just said what I said. We just couldn't come here and preach the gospel. But you know what? Christians that don't vote, I'll just be honest, have no right to speak to anything that's going on in our country. And I'm telling you right now, I don't vote Republican. I don't vote Democrat. I vote for the man or the woman who is most closely aligned up to this word. Very rarely will we get an opportunity to find a politician that's totally lined up, but I look at each woman or each man and whoever is closely, the most closely lined up to this word, that's who I vote for. I could care less, whether it's Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, or Independent that's off to the side of their name. Let me give you one other thought here. It is bad when Christians' hope is found in politics. See, as Christians, we've got a responsibility to be a part of the system, but we can't ever put our hope in the system. You know what? I don't want you to put your hope in Bill Newby. I don't want you to put your hope in Barry Young. I'm not putting our politicians down. It's just the only one that we can put hope in, the only one who can be on the pedestal is God. The Bible says in this, I, I, I think it's Psalm 62.1, but it says this, my soul finds rest in God alone. My soul finds rest in God alone. And let me give you the last point tonight. Number five here tonight, as we end up our message tonight. Number five, look at Matthew chapter two, verses one to two. Here's what the word says as we close here tonight. It says, the Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born the king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east, And we have come to worship him. You know what I pray? My prayer is that wise men today would still seek him. My prayer is that you and me could have that same thought. We're here to worship God. You know what? Problems happen in churches when we come to church for any other reason than to worship God. You know what, people get divided in church when they're there for any other reason to worship God. If you want a church that has peace and unity among its believers, every single church, regardless of denomination, Methodist, Baptist, Lutheran, or Catholic, peace is in there if those people come to worship God. But when those people come to play politics or, or when those people come to try to exert power within a church, it's gonna cause division. And friends, I just wanna encourage you Every time you come in this sanctuary, let that be your heart's heart. Lord, I'm here to worship you. Let me give you a couple thoughts on that. Here's the very first one. The wise of that time, they sought Jesus. One more time, Matthew chapter two, verse one. The magi from the east came to Jerusalem, or the wise men, depending on the translation you have. And they asked Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We have saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. The wise of that time, they sought him. They sought him. Those that were elevated up as to be men of understanding and men of wisdom, they understood that man cannot rule his life alone. Friends, you can't rule your marriage alone. You can't rule your finances alone. Those wise men understood that God must come into the equation. Can I give you a a thought here? It's the second one. And it says this, that the wise of this time, they will still seek him. No matter how wicked our world becomes, there's always going to be men and women that seek the Lord. Can I give you this thought? In 2007, I wanna make sure I get the town right, this is a true story. In 2007, in North Attleboro, Massachusetts, it's a town of about 30,000 people, they had this school, and, and you know, I don't know about you, but when I was at school, I was not there to have a good time. You know what I mean, I was, in, I was there to get in and get out. And, and for years and years and years and years, there was this little painting in the school. Nobody ever paid attention to it. And someday, somehow, in 2007, that school district got that painting appraised. And you know what that painting was worth in North Attleboro, Massachusetts, in a town of 30,000? In a public school, that painting was worth over $1 million. So what does that mean? For years and years and years... There's the painting, people just walk by. Custodians are cleaning that floor and bumping their broom handles up against this painting. People, little kids are coming through and pushing their friends and bumping in. All that time, nobody paid attention or knew the value of what was right before them. And can I tell you, that is the perfect picture of our country today. The Lord Jesus Christ all over this nation is being lifted up and there are men and women that drive on Lakewood Boulevard and have no idea what they're missing. There are men and women, we've been in this service now for about an hour and on 291, hundreds of cars have driven by this church. They won't be in church on Sunday and just like they, that painting, they're missing out on riches that they could have in God and they don't even know it. And so tonight as we close, I want to ask you. Are you doing that with the Lord tonight? Are are, are you someone that, yes, you're saved, and yes, you're in church, but, but you just go by the Lord. You just bump up against him. And you miss out on the wealth that he has. Friends, can I tell you, God has a supernatural dump truck of wisdom he wants to dump in your life, if you'll let him park his truck. But will you? Tonight I wanna to tell you that Jesus Christ, the baby in a manger, is still changing this world today. In this country and, country all over, and countries all over the world, But one thing that God allows is found in Joshua 24, 15. It says this, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. God gives every man and woman the choice what he or she will do with Jesus. And my prayer for you tonight is this, that in 2010 and this starting in this Christmas season, that you will say more than ever before, God, take my life. And let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. That you'll say, Lord, take my will. God, take everything I have and do what you want. My prayer is that you would fall more in love with Jesus than your job, uh, than than anything that God has given you. My prayer is that you would be so red hot uh, with passion and love for God that people would just get close to you and say, wow, there's something different about them. My prayer is people would just come up to you and they would just see God's peace uh, and God's blessing and God's life in you because that only happens when we say, Jesus, make my heart your manger. My prayer for you is that God would bless you and that this Christmas would change your life with God's love like he has never done before. Would you bow your hearts with me in prayer tonight? God, we just want to say thank you for your grace and for your mercy.